0: Having not seen Game Night, and so this is now a recurring segment where I'm going to wax about a film that I've never seen, and I'm going to talk specifically about the film in detail, it's despite just having not seen today. the details. I yeah, it's <laughs> ju- yeah, I'm ne- I've literally never done this before. Mm-hmm. The Academy has never made a mistake, and I have never spoken with authority about a movie I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm being honest. I think that critics like Game Night because it is a meta exploration of like the Fincher. The, it's like Fincher's The Game yeah. with a lowbrow context to it and has a cast full of people that we <laughs> hold near and dear to our hearts.
1: Yeah. Critics didn't like it that much. They did. I, they sure they did. They loved it. It has like a 65 on Metacritic. That's not that high. No,
0: no, no, But on Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, I agree that Metacritic is the more substantive and accurate reflection, but it's not what is, t- I mean, that's not the megaphone um Rotten Tomatoes is used more, more as a megaphone by a film Rotten
2: Tomatoes is
1: fascism. Oh, God. I agree. <laughs> what did I see recently? They're the, the, the overlord. In the guise
0: of democracy. Mm-hmm.
1: I saw uh, there was a shelf, I, probably at like a Target or somewhere. Rotten Tomato, fresh picks. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh sure, Barnes they and have Noble. A deal. Barnes and Noble. They also do it at Target, I think.
0: I was going to ask, did did you see the mainstays of the Target Entertainment Corner, which is the Grand Budapest Hotel for seven fifty, oh. American Hustle for five dollars? Really, I love a, the cheap DVDs, a, a Goodfellas. Carlito's Way two-for-one box set. I
1: love their $13 and $5 DVD sales. Mm. I do, too. That I no longer purchase because I don't have any shelf space left. Mm. I Okay, this
0: is the most obnoxious thing I've ever said on a mic, but I don't have any more shelf space
1: for my Criterion collection. Wow.
0: I have filled up the bookcase shelf, and I am now at Crossroads. I'm now at Britney Spears Crossroads
1: when I return
0: it to you. Can I... I'll keep it. You know what? I'm not going to say on mic, but I've already. Yeah, why don't you just keep it? That's fine. (laughs) And I'll hold on to your Twin Peaks The Return Blue. No, I need it. Well, that's right. I need Days of Heaven whenever I need to, you know, wonder what a little tomboy would narrate to herself about the the grain in the air from atop a choo choo train. All right, I'll give it back. Have you watched it yet? Give it a watch. I'm busy. I, issue I have a lot of plague of locusts watch. on you, Brandon.
1: My mic is disoriented.
0: I think
1: I'm you torrenting. would love Days of Heaven. Well, it is one of the twenty best films ever made. It is. You know the reason stunning. I didn't see it because I left after Badlands because I was so hungry. Oh right, was, where there was, was, was a that double, a double feature? That's right. Was it was, it was the the a double fe- feature at the Egyptian. I had to leave because I needed Taco Bell. Wow. This is
0: why you should eat before you get to a screening.
1: It was a fail.
2: That's why you always leave a note. To yourself to stop by Taco Bell
1: on the way to the movie. On the way Theatra. to the theater. Okay. I should have unwrapped the burrito.
0: Can I? Mm. Can I During the KCRW who yeah. I saw yesterday. That's so, right. all right. So you let You saw not. the titular hot? Yeah, I saw the titular hot. The titular be- case. The, well, w- the, the name of the spot the is one.
1: hot. So it is <laughs> right? the titular hot.
0: He is the bald
1: one in the white t-shirt. Yes, and the tattoos. With, with the tattoos. And, and it's it, just, like and DCM it, on it. it pans over and he says, we're not just a... Right. Der, der,
2: der. We are human
1: inspiration. It no, not that guy. It wasn't no, a back- no, that guy. No, that's like
0: granddaddy hot, you know. But I was at the Hollywood Bowl last night. And this guy, representing KCRW, pops out, like, after a big thief, like, waltzes onto the stage. And from, you know, we were sitting, I, I don't, I wouldn't know how to describe on here without using, like, my fingers about this close to the stage, this far from the stage. But we were, we had amazing seats, but we were not, I couldn't make out his face. Sure. Oh, but I recognized, but saying. I recognized the body language. And then I looked at the monitor yeah, and saw his face. Monitors, and then I... Whipped out my phone and texted you two faggots.
2: <laughs> I love the case here W commercial as have you, these I, two at the table both now.
0: I got such a kick of uh, out of explaining it the makes commercial you die. to it friend does. of the pod Cameron Sheets, who I was at the show with. Nice, yeah,
2: loyal listener Cameron Sheets. Nice,
0: that's why we have to shout him out. Burp, 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 What is that? Burr,
1: burr. <laughs> We're it's like it's the, sh- it's the it's the shout out sound. Is that the is that when we deploy that sound? I don't know. I don't we know We are now. I, de- yeah. I deploy it whenever the fuck I feel like. I it. love that. It's
2: just like the pay attention noise. It's uh so.
1: it's the it's celebratory. Yeah. It's what
0: <laughs> songs
1: use. I would like to I mean if the MO If the MO, if the MO is
3: happens. to draw
0: attention to what you're saying, I want to I want to put sort of an air horn on top of my car, like the how Philip Walker for President bus in Robert Altman's Nashville. Oh, and just drive around town, and you know, have
3: okay. meow, meow, meow,
0: meow, go around. So then they'll see my bumper stickers about supporting America's national parks, and you get shot. Well, huh? not in this city. You get hate I, crimed. Well, you think so? I don't know for supporting the national parks.
1: Maybe I don't know about that <laughs> for being
2: a faggot. <laughs> yes. Well, Can I you crossed your legs. <laughs> oh my god! Can so you? I have a not sc- do so, that. So I took a screenshot, and I. I shouldn't be. I should
0: just be posting this from the movies IMO account. But during Morris, there is a shot of three men in a row.
1: Oh, I love that shot. Mm -hmm. like
0: they become one monopeed elements. Like, and I and there's one who's blonde, titular Morris, Mm -hmm. and then two brunettes. And I Mm. thought to myself, Mm. at movies IMO,
1: did you did you get lit at? Oh, it is. Did you get lit at the alternating mustaches? Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. I have with a mustache. He has a mustache. I'm obsessed I have with a mustache. That. He has a mustache. It's whoever's
0: trying to be more respectable in the moment.
2: Mm-hmm. It's true.
0: I, uh, I, I mean, I'm all about a, a, a handsomely groomed mustache in the movies. But of course, like the, the trade-off of the mm-hmm. mustaches is a really mm-hmm. special cinematic moment in the film Morris. It is. It's also, I have always said that my own mustache is a hybrid of two influences. And one is golden age of gay porn. I'm going to be staring at your mustache now. Sure. Intently. Please do. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I grew it for the <laughs> attention. Mm-hmm. So it's one half golden age of California gay porn. And then the other half is like World War One era British Benedict Cumberbatch screaming, be brave. sipping a martini. (laughs) Be brave. (laughs) Be brave. (laughs) Every day I go out with this mustache on my face, I say to myself, be brave, baby. Be brave. Nice. Speaking of being brave, I don't know if y'all... Pixar's brave. Yeah. Well, speaking of tempting your fate... I thought it was really interesting that this, not to get too regional, but this new billboard that is up in Palms, the Palms neighborhood of Los Angeles. do go there. It's near Culver City. Why do you no, just, go there? Yeah, why were stuff, you there? Work oh. stuff. And
2: they have I Haven't a, been there in years.
0: Um, I'm there quite often for work wow. stuff this time of year. Wow. So there's they have a billboard. Wow. It's, or they. Smirnoff has purchased billboard space, and it's Dusty Ray Bottoms. Really, the face of it's like they're really. He he is, you know, she's the face of pride, and talk about tempting your fate. I mean, when you're trying to curry favor with the community, and Dusty Ray Bottoms, nothing wrong with her. I like the dots. I support. I mean, (laughs) she has a really tough personal story, and I support Dusty Ray Bottoms. But like, Mm -hmm. really. That's who you're going with?
2: Dunton, That's a little
0: negative. That. I mean, I'm What's dra- wrong with very very happy that for Ray. Well, so bottom. It was like a spe- pride, pride ad specific
1: deal. ad campaign. It was, it was
0: a close up of a drag queen with a little bit of rainbow. It doesn't say like knock one back with pride. You know, it doesn't it doesn't explicitly. It's just a drag queen enjoying Smirnoff. So well, she's not even drinking oh. it. It's really just her Is it face. Smirnoff ice? It is not. And I think wow. that is a little homophobic.
1: Excuse- Alright. I'm straight, okay? Welcome to the Pride episode. I'm straight. the straight at hey, the table. Hey, 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 hey. Don't, don't spoil the theme. Alright, whatever. No, anyone we're talking my... about hey, no, my no, new no, favorite no. film of all time.
0: People don't even know what the show Morris. is.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say, but I'm a cheerleader. No. Okay, shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Faggotry with Movies IMO we are your three fave film faggots here to talk about faggotry in film.
1: It's My our f- most faggoty episode yet. Yet, so we. Is will- it? Probably let's, not.
2: Let's roll back. I well, I
0: will, I will say. So as I have mentioned, on Daniel the podcast, got
1: peed on in an episode. Well, mm. right.
0: But for me, the the uh, the the queer highlight of this program in participation was our Love Simon episode, mm. which I generally, like I've said on the podcast, listen to the episodes back to do a proofread. I did not touch Love Simon because I don't need to dive into all the memories that were the dove mem- into in, in that episode. You didn't want to weep. I d- well, I wasn't gonna weep. I was just like, I don't need to. I don't need to hear myself You're be that feel earnest. Shame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I,
2: I feel shame.
0: I feel shame.
1: You know, I'm in phase. I'm definitely speaking fake. of pride. I feel shame. Oh. My I feel name- shame. I feel shame. I'm in phase two. I'm reading The Velvet Rage. Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> I feel shame. Compensating
1: my- for Jesus. shame.
0: <laughs> I feel shame, and my name is Daniel
1: Crook. Here we are. I'm in phase two, compensating for shame, <laughs> and I'm Brandon Kirby. <laughs> huh? I'm Ben
2: <laughs> and I'm
0: evolved. <laughs> You're going to say, and I, I live in a, a perma state of,
2: of shame.
1: I, well, that's true, but also not. <laughs> Call me by your shame. Call me by my Didn't shame. Didn't we make that joke first?
0: Yes. I think that any joke that's ever been made in the history of jokes was first originated at this dining room table. Check thank me on it. In fact, check me on thank that. Thank you. I agree. In fact, check me on it's that. True. I will. I speaking of shame Pull up the clip. Maybe one day we'll do an episode where it is just a shame retrospective and we will talk about Shame Shame. by Ingmar Bergman and Shame by Steve McQueen. And we will compare and contrast. I am allegedly I mean, allegedly, I signed up to do it. I'm supposed to be posting an essay about shame on the internet at some point in the next couple of weeks. So I need to For whom? For the film experience. I
1: haven't seen Shame
0: or Shame. Oh well Shame is great. Which shame Shame is also great. Oh great. I've only, I've only seen, seen one. one of the Shames.
2: Which shame, I, I just wanted the to Ingmar. Say the joke. No, the one with the dick. Uh, the big <laughs> I mean, swing I, I dick. I would,
0: I would use plural. If you want to see a movie with <laughs> big true. dick energy, I would highly recommend checking out Shame. I mean, it's like, it's like Sade. It's Shame. Oh. Huh. Good movie. So this, uh, I was about to take a sip of my ice cold Anchor Steam beer. You know what? I give up.
1: Oh, you don't think it's ever going to happen? I'm giving up. Is this your On shame anchor speaking? <laughs> about- I'm compensating for shame by by being like I am shamed by Anchor Steam. You and are, I you, give up. You are ha- you are the hope of my soul
0: with the titular anchor. <laughs> I think we should with the eponymous anchor of delicious Brandon, absolutely <laughs> scrumptious wow. Anchor Steam beer. I hope they add- brewed with pride. <laughs> In I San hope Francisco, they add California. Only
1: you, and they're like Daniel Crook. We will sponsor your life only, oh. and I would not the podcast. And, and you know what I would wow. say back? I would add Anchor Brewing. I don't keep beer in the house, but thank you so much. <laughs> oh. Oh. Let, let's try a wine. Let's get a wine to sponsor us. Oh well, what we need let's to get to Smirnoff Ice to sponsor. us. We should us. do a
0: Movies I M O. Film Fags trip up to Santa Barbara. Oh, I mean, I would love to spend time in Ben's hometown. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. we should do. But this oh. would be much easier
1: to get up to, so concert. we can meet BB Grant.
0: And we can no, he lives in Sydney. We there can record know. on the road. Um, oh, and even better. We can do the Sideways Wine Trail. Oh, and yeah. Can I you drive can a car
1: that. into a tree and have a mental breakdown? You of better.
3: <laughs>
0: I will consider the you trip of failure. If we we don't. know it's going to
1: happen. <laughs> yeah, it's implied with a inevitable. trip. It's, it's like, like when I'm watching Kenneth Anger's Fireworks. I
0: don't need to think about how does Ben relate to this. <laughs> I I am watching his soul aflame, burning bright. And then you watch the shame. And then on you watch
1: Kenneth Onger's Scorpio Rising. And I'm like, girl. Did you watch it? Uh little no. little
0: on the nose, a little tip of the
1: dick to you got that. Just
0: a little too little too much on yeah, the Yeah, you tip.
1: watch the loogie scene in poison and you watch firework and you're just like
0: I cracked it. Ben Empy. I cracked it. You need to send <laughs> you both you need to it. send poison and fireworks to your therapist. Actually, just in your stead one week. I'm sure he has seen them. But Actually, in your in your stead, you know, your therapy is an hour. Mm-hmm. But maybe he can take ninety minutes because yeah. that's all the time it will take to watch both of those films. Yeah and then you can come back the next week and he will invariably have solved all of your issues. He'll sure. be like, "Oh,
2: this this faggot. <laughs>
0: but we should go do the the sideways trail and a lot of those wineries already have like for instance the Foxen, which is a fucking fantastic winery. Um it's it's where Jack is chewing gum and they have a photo oh, that's of a good they have one. a still like hanging you know, a still that has been baking in the sun and is frayed on the sides. Are so you we, chewing gum? So we can go up and get some wine sponsors by saying we we like movies. Seems like you like movies. Wanna talk about movies IMO? Can you be the f- Hadson yeah.
1: yeah. of the trip? Oh. I'll be like the Sandra the... O of the trip. When we I... can go to Copa when I... Winery. When I think and be like,
2: when I think about the he
1: grapes. Here? I think about the
0: hands. Oh. <laughs> I think about the farmers. I think about <laughs> <laughs> I think about the temperature of the soil. <laughs> Speaking of, on my way here, the car in front of me had a license plate that was a novelty plate. It was T-A-R-E-W A H, pronounced terroir. And I thought to myself, huh? is that Anthony's car? Because that's like the type of You know yeah, I so, don't get it. Oh terroir is it's so it's spelled T-E-R-R-O-I-R. It's a French word. It means the earth. So when you're talking about you know, a grape like Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get your Pinot from um, from like the Santa Barbara region, a lot of the grape Pinot is grown on the coast because it's a little more temperate. The soil gets more moisture from the ocean, so it produces the right terroir for that grape. Just you like, are
1: the Virginia Matson.
0: Oh, I, I, I've spent <laughs> way too much money on wine to not do not at least be able to bullshit my way through something like that. But anyway, this isn't really about wine, this is about beer and Steam beer. Oh
1: god. You could bullshit your way through uh, a description of wine better than food and wine expert, Anthony. Well, that's not really
0: fair because we've never really given Anthony a shake at the wine description. Because He really hasn't talked about wine.
1: Just strike why is, it from the record. Why is that? Can I just
0: say... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet he's into, like, really weird shit. Like, remember... a nice effervescent
1: Chocolina. <laughs> which is a real white varietal. Remember in season two when Antony... finished, by the way. And this is fine. You probably have seen this. It was, like, the first episode. Second episode, mm-hmm. maybe. And Anthony tries to put a weird spin on the word nominator. And they're all I like, is that, that a different language? And he's like, yet. no. I just... And he, like, literally was just trying to, like, fancy up the word nominator. See, but this is where He I said nominator turtur. It, it was so... It here's was the thing. so weird. I
0: think that this is a crucial uh, example. Or I think this is a great example of the crucial misunderstanding about Anthony... <laughs> which is that... Which is that he is not showing his pretentiousness in this moment. He is showing his playfulness in this moment. He is a goofball who just likes to have a good time. And he also... Absolutely. He I does, don't know. He, he takes mm-hmm. himself far less seriously than I think most people think he does. He warbles his way through an answer. You haven't
2: watched season two
0: yet. I've seen season one, and I've seen <laughs> two and a half episodes of season
1: two. <laughs> season two is when I... Season one, I could defend Antony. Season two, I struggle. Here's
0: my question, though. What is it about him that... Why do, why is... What does he... And I'm, this is an honest question. What does he represent that is... Toxic enough to really
2: attack. I think a lot of the anger is just that he's hot, and I do successful, too. and yeah. that's who the gays stare down on the and internet. And that,
1: and that, and that. Like, I think people are annoyed that, like, you know, who's we don't know how much skill he actually has in the kitchen, and he's getting a cookbook, a restaurant. I think people are just like, who he, gives a shit? He, he gets these things because he's hot
0: no it's not he has a very he's a great personality and i think that most people who have worked with him would probably agree that he's like good company to be in he's very positive and upbeat he is positive i think that
1: he's very sweet yeah he's like he's a lo- he's, he's a like what you be say a sweet baby boy he's like why like what, can't he be that he's like what you say in the south oh bless her heart yes she's,
0: she's a sweet girl i just not to be not to be all Karamo Brown about it, because if y'all have paid attention to what he has said, um, how he is judging gay people for the ways that they date, for the ways that they uh, just act and behave. I'm not trying to be a Karamo about it. But I just think we could be a little more productive with our anger in the community. I'm not I angry agree about it, I then but, we go after Anthony. but I, know. I
2: think... Jonathan, Tan, and Bobby have very like easy common sense good tips that i don't know about and antony doesn't correct
0: i think that antony if i if i was to offer a note an improvement for the next season is and i haven't seen this episode but i'll use an example again we're coming back to my segment where i'm going to talk with authority on something i haven't seen but y'all gave me that example recently of in the reveal segment Anthony watches the guy he's been coaching flawlessly, like, Julianne some vegetable Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And he has this moment where he realizes he's been played. I think that his strength and his weakness is that he is, which to his credit, without an ounce of condescension, in my opinion, is just trying to teach people kitchen basics. But he's not trying to teach the audience that. I think he's really just laser-focused on this,
2: you know... Have you seen the episode where he says... Hello, full-time worker, parent of two. Why not make fresh pasta every day? No, I haven't seen that yet. But have you ever made fresh pasta every day? You have
0: time for that. I mean, good call. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push back on
2: that. Uh,
0: but you know what? His, his. How long does it take to make fresh pasta? Maybe it's a, a to, it's a therapeutic way to wind down.
1: No, he's, doing, for he's four hours. It. He's it.
0: And again, I haven't seen it, but this is my favorite recurring segment on the podcast. I don't think that he's saying that. I think he's really trying to be helpful. No, and he say,
1: is, but I just. But I don't think he is helpful in his tips. The way Tan in, says intention doesn't matter. The in way, the end, the outcome I've actually matters. learned some, like, good tips from, like, Tan it's, it's, it's and, like, French Jonathan. Talk. The French talk. Let's talk. talk. let's talk about the French talk. Let's talk about, like, moisturizing every day. Sorry,
0: let's talk about what episode we're doing this week. And then we can keep talking about Queer Eye because it is apropos to, you know, it's germane pride. to the conversation. We are talking about Pride just in time. Pride. For, like, the last three days of Pride Month. But, Ben, what's... What is the historical significance of the day we're releasing this?
2: Today, if you're listening to this on release day, is the 49th anniversary of the Stonewall riots. Early in the morning, I used to know the exact time, the exact moment the police came. They went to the Stonewall Inn in New York City, and where I learned to love... Aquaria for the first time.
0: Oh, you've seen her perform there?
2: No. It was... I was there for the Snatch Game episode. <laughs> oh, that, that was a big moment, that episode. It was, and we watched
0: it I there. mean, not a bigger moment than the Stonewall Riots. No,
2: but I'm just saying, I've been there recently. It still exists. Go to the Stonewall well, in New York. I love that. Um, not
0: to take away... I mean, I'm sure we'll dive into this when we're talking about Paris is burning, but... Stonewall, I think, has been co-opted by the G and LGBT, specifically the white G-men. Mm-hmm. By
1: Roland Emmerich.
0: Exactly. And it's important to remember that it was uh, trans women and drag queens who were throwing the first bricks at Stonewall. That's right. Um,
2: and the gays had been uh, pushed around a lot in 1969, mm-hmm. specifically... Yep. And Judy
0: Garland to just died. Yes, Judy. Garland And Marsha B. Johnson died. was not going to take it anymore. She was not going to take it. But the reason why I point that out because I don't want to. I don't want to make this the, my point here. But when you say, when people say it doesn't matter who's who's the president because both parties are bought and paid for, Barack Obama designated the Stonewall Inn and the park next to it a national park. Essentially, mm-hmm. I mean, not national park is a national monument, mm-hmm. I believe. So kindly fuck off. If anyway sorry i'm not gonna i'm trying not to be obnoxious
2: to sound off
1: on the mic yeah can i do a bit yeah yes. you know at stonewall people died for gay rights
2: oh Thank respond
1: you. respond do the response i don't remember it offhand she says she turns what is this
2: williams i don't know it exactly but it is Willem, right
1: I don't even know the queens who no say it. No one.
2: It's Derek Barry.
1: She just she just turns to the queen who says it and says, "Flat as ever. No one died at Stonewall.
2: <laughs> it's so good. It's it's Derek Barry and Willem. Okay. Wait.
1: I can't was confirm Derek Barry
0: in season four.
2: No, I don't know what was it. The clip All-Star? is from. Oh, okay. But I I know I've seen. I know the clip. The clip. Yeah, I don't know I the queens know the in the clip. So this week we are talking about.
0: Some some of our favorite queer films from the canon. And,
1: pride.
0: Yeah, we're talking about Pride.
1: Not the motion picture Pride. No.
0: Well, which I love. We could have. Yeah, we, we really could have. Could have, have. It, and you know it. why I love that movie? It's about union building. It's
1: about it coalition
0: is. building, rather. It's about solidarity. Mm. The gay I Norma Ray. fucking love the gay Norma Ray,
2: the motion picture Pride. It's a delightful film. Mm. We. I think that's the first movie I ever logged on Letterboxd.
1: Get out of here. I'm pretty sure. Wow, your letterbox started off gay. I yeah.
0: believe it was the first uh, film that Bill Nye logged on Letterboxd as oh. an out gay man. Oh. What? Isn't Bill Nye, doesn't he come, out, come out at the end, end of the film? film? I think that's Oops. right. Oops.
1: Spoiler. Definitely check it out. It's wonderful. Is Bill Nye gay? No. In what? the film. In the film. He's an actor in the Bill film? Bill Nye. Oh, oh, I thought you said Bill Nye the as science in, guy. As in the end of that civilization is, is you meant Nye first, <laughs> with a wire. on the end. Oh, Bill Nye. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well Got it. he feels it in his fingers, he Welcome feels it in to his toes. So we we idiot. all brought
0: two or in Ben's case, two point five or no, I mean Ben Ben brought three films. So
2: films, It is quite, quite longest, substantial. The longest, I would of which say is so. 85 minutes.
0: And and I thank you for that, because I had a busy weekend,
1: and yeah, I was thank able to... You. Thanks, Dad. You picked an Meanwhile, 100 Brandon 140 over here. film. You're fucking welcome, my new favorite movie of all time.
0: Well, Brandon, why don't you kick it off oh, and okay. oh. tell the listeners... So we're going to go through the homosexual <laughs> syllabus, the hmm. sissy syllabus oh. of this... Or I shouldn't even limit it to homosexual, the, the queer... Syllabus right. of this the episode, the queer the
1: queer curriculum. Ooh, nice! And we will start with what you've brought to the table. I've, I've brought the James Ivory film Morris, which I had never seen, and I'm glad I've seen it now. And Jamie Babbitts, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. mm. By the way, there's your balance. Those two mm. films there. One yeah. effervescent, fizzy. One heavy brooding, but also
0: light. What an ending. It's it's the merchant ivory touch. (laughs) Mm. What an ending.
2: Crying, weeping.
0: (laughs) Benjamin Horn?
1: (laughs) What have you brought? I brought
2: (laughs) three films. Ben the Drag Queen, what have you brought?
1: What did you bring?
2: One Kenneth Onger's Fireworks. The fifteen minute short film he made at like age eighteen or twenty. When it's 15 minutes, you should all watch it. It's on YouTube. It's cropped, but you should watch it. Hey, crop
1: sounds like pride to me, honey. Mm. Oh, got no. Ken got, no. got, got a little crop top out. on his fireworks. Mm. If I wore a crop top, I wish you would. How would I look? I would not look good. I There's only one great. way to find out. I eat too many carbs to look good in a crop top. Honey. Mm-mm. But a lot of those fags wear as as the crop you, top also eat carbs. As long yeah. as you look Or happy. they lie about their carbs. You take. just have to have
2: body positivity. Mm-hmm.
1: That is true, which I don't have it. I have shame.
2: Same. <laughs> I have much more body shame than I have homosexuality shame.
0: Well, should... I have
1: all the shame. We... BY As we're celebrating Pride, S- I think it's important
0: that we're frank about some of the other issues in our community, which is that I think the body shaming. most of us, uh, or I shouldn't say most of us, but this community definitely has more body shaming and more body dysmorphia, I would mm-hmm. say. We also, evidenced by these ice cold Angerstein beers this community uh, dabbles in alcohol and dabbles in depression mm-hmm. more than any other demographic well I, I shouldn't say that but we are we are more uh we are more likely to drink too much be
1: depressed have body issues yep. the velvet rage everyone read the velvet rage that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of it and it's all I think about
2: every day I'm gonna start bringing like a, a bag every time we go to Akbar. Of <laughs> and just copies of the Velvet out, out. everyone here <laughs> like great. free condoms
1: understand what we are here <laughs> and, you go and I'm, I know you still have two more films to
0: point out but I will jump in with one of mine real quick oh. I am going to buy out oh. the Criterion Collection with other copies of Desert Hearts and mm. I am going to pass that out at the nice. bar uh, that movie I it brought me it down such down joy
1: and wonderment well Okay, Ben still has movies. Um,
2: second, both my other two movies came out in 1991, the year I was born. Oh, and I was, was, was a baby. But what? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and... Oh, did you? Say, I thought you
0: said 2001. I was not born yet. Mm, you were you're a tween. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you you're were? not a
2: tween in, if you're born in 2001. You weren't born in 2001.
0: No, I was born in the year 2001, not 1991. So oh, I wow. misheard. Yeah. I, I've got. A, I'm slightly deaf in this year. Oh wow,
2: which is. You know, the end of when uh, gays were not tried to be co-opted into the mainstream. It's a way that I'm going to phrase that and not grammatically correct. Anyway, it's Todd Haynes' Poison, Mm. debut film, winner of Sundance, uh, defender of First Amendment rights, Todd Haynes' Poison, and the... Second greatest documentary of all time, Paris is burning.
0: Next to Great Gardens, yeah, nice.
2: So I know you.
0: I would say Harlan County, USA, but I also agreed that
2: Harlan County would be my third. Paris
0: is burning. I. It is homophobic that my last log was only four and a half stars on Letterboxd. What the hell was wrong wow. with me?
1: Wow, perfect. Home. That is homophobic. Are you, you're the straight one at the table now. I'm. I'm. I'm the. Uh, I'm the captain now. You're the straight one now. Yeah, Paris is burning. Holy shit. I know it's so good, and like it's such a education about like where like I don't know like it all these drag terms, where
2: things that white gays co opted, where they come from, where. It but comes it is from. a
0: vital document that is crackling with life in a way that most films made on a dime in, in any era. Mm -hmm. cannot dream of living up to. I mean, watching Mm -hmm. it, it is truly
2: like jumping into a time machine. I saw Paris is burning for the first time. I know that we are still just like going through the rounds, but in college, in my GE class, Mm -hmm. history of gender and sexuality in America. And it was not a, not a film class, but she, the teacher talked about everything like in relation to wardrobe specifically and like every single like section of time she just like talked about how the clothes show what is allowed sexually in the culture and we watched Paris is Burning because it's about wardrobe in a big mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and it, I didn't even know that it was like a big deal then the movie I was 20 well, it is. A, it's
0: a it's a humble film. It it dis, I mean, the technique on display, the cinematography is really strong, mm-hmm. and the performers and the subjects are. There's not a wasted word in the film. So, it's seventy minutes. Yeah, but it's a consummate piece of documentary filmmaking. But at the same time, it doesn't. It's not like a golden retriever movie that's saying you must love and appreciate me. It just matter of factly presents yeah. this world, these people, and their own existences and their own expressions. Mm-hmm validate their place in history that's what makes them legendary yeah. that they are the just house
2: of la Beige, wrapped oh.
0: in la beja darling mm. i brought two films i brought pedro amadovar's law of desire which allegedly is my favorite pedro Almodovar
2: film but i is think
0: allegedly sometimes
2: your favorite movie of all time i've never said that you have said that i you. have not no
0: I, I haven't said that i've said You're... that it's like in my top 10 no
2: you've said it to me before
0: Well, I was probably
2: being hyperbolic. I mean, I'm I'm just... I'm just saying, you've said it. And I stand by... You've said it! And I
0: stand by that. I probably was telling you that when I'd never seen it before, in another (laughs) recurring uh, Mm -hmm. segment here. So, (laughs) Pedro Mendoza's Law of Desire, a queer noir about a film director and his murderous, uh, mentally unstable lover, played by Antonio Banderas. In little white briefs. In a shower, baby. little briefs. I love a hose. <laughs> this, ooh. <laughs> no so the other film I brought is Donna Deitch is Desert Hearts. Is that how you pronounce it? I think it's Deitch.
1: I've always said Deitch. I think in it's my, Deitch. In my mind. But,
0: I, but it, it,
2: it sounded wrong
0: because I think I was hearing Marlena Dietrich. Mm. And so I said Deitch.
1: Yeah. I feel like I, I heard Dietrich in my mind and that's not it.
0: This is the film Desert Hearts. It's one of my very favorite films. It is about the love affair that blossoms between a... I don't even want to say older because she's like in her late 30s, early 40s, academic mm-hmm. in the 1950s who has fled to Reno to get a divorce from her husband. She's like
2: 34. Is she that young? I mean, she, she looks it No, I think you
0: no, you're right. I'm thinking, um, it, my whole point is I think of Carol when I think of this film because she, falls, very in, she falls in love with a much younger woman who is this rambunctious free spirit, which is not a good descriptor and for Yeah, Tourette's. it's
2: opposite in their sexual experiences.
0: Exactly right. And... It is a beautiful love story between these two women, and I don't think that it gets nearly enough um, attention. I mean I know, it's the, I know it's in the criterion collection, but who's the
2: actress that plays like the, the woman that she stays with? What's Oh her? she's great. She has a it's, long name. No no no, it's Audra Audra Lundley. She has actress? a lot of credits, and I can't think
0: of any right I now. Think but she's, I just she's so recognized. I think she's sort of the I think she's sort of the sort of the secret weapon of the whole movie. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she gives the best performance, but I think that
1: she. Who do you think does? Uh,
0: I think Patricia Charbonneau. Is she the young girl? Is mm-hmm. she the? I
1: I I would agree girl. with that.
0: I think it's Patty, and I I was going to say this later, but since her name came out of my mouth, I think that Desert Hearts was one of the all-time great character introductions, which is that um, Vivian, the professor, has been picked up from the train station by the woman whose ranch she's staying at. And then Patricia Charbonneau, the younger woman, the firebrand, the young lesbian in 1950s Reno, they're like on the highway and she drives backwards on the wrong side of the road in her black convertible to get a look at Helen Shaver. Mm-hmm. And I think it is one of the best character introductions of all time. And also just thrillingly shot. It's so good. So anyway, so those are the movies I brought. I think Vivian gives the best performance. The movie. I think they're both great. You know?
2: I mean, if you asked me to pick a favorite. It's just like she... She touches me.
0: Well, it's you know, I would say that Rooney Mara gives a stronger performance in Carol. I would, too. Because you are watching this blossoming of a soul within a person who mm-hmm. th- doesn't think they had it all figured out, but certainly has gotten used to looking at the world in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then how this other woman is shattering that perception and actually opening her up to the world.
1: Yeah. And that would be the Vivian. Correct.
0: But Roll. I don't want to start on Desert Hearts. And
1: yet... Therese
2: has less guards than Carol, but that's not, like, you know what I mean? That's not true. It's Vivian has more guards, right? and yet I'm I'm still able to connect with her more. The thing
0: is, Carol is not in any way, or or Desert Hearts is not an adaptation of The Price of Salt, but it's a similar character dynamic. But I do think that they are totally separate films. Yeah. It just, like,
2: switches a lot of the things around, but it's, like, the same elements are there.
0: Right. Uh, So I, I thought of a segue to start talking about a movie here. If, if I can pick the first thing we're going to talk about, just to push this uh-huh. along.
2: Only if you're going to pick fireworks first.
0: I'm not picking fireworks first. Wow. <laughs> wow, It's time will come. Hmm. Anyway, hmm. I am thinking about, in the motion picture, Carol, how Todd Haynes investigates the ways in which these queer characters carve out space in public, while, lit, while definitely existing on the margins of a society are able to live in broad daylight while also hiding in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think of Morris.
3: Oh.
1: Morris. Oh, I have to speak.
2: Remember when you called it Maurice? We, we all, we've, we've all called it were Maurice. You corrected.
1: Okay, bitch. I corrected myself. I, I was like, this is wrong. That's the rudest anyone's ever been to Brandon on this podcast. I am deeply offended. <laughs> Maurice. <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, Morris, this movie... Uh, it knocked me back flat on my back. Knocked would, you for a loop. Yeah, what, what would, it pe- what would knocked, Peter Travers say? It, Peter, I'm Peter Travers. Four stars. It knocked me for a loop. This Not for movie pussies. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: not for movie pussies.
0: Morris, Tony, right now.
1: Not for movie pussies. Mm. I don't even, I can't quite put Morris into words. I, I already want to see it again. I think just a gay period piece just really rustles my jimmies. Yeah. I mm. love I just I just love everything about this movie. I love how magnetic Hugh Grant's performances. I thought he was the lead going into it. I mm. thought he was the titular Morris and he's mm. not. It's no. the other actor whose name, whose name I should know. Yeah, I don't know. Clive. Clyde. Clive. Um I it's Clive with the Clive. V. Clive. Yes, Clive. That's right. Clive. Um I b- believe it's pronounced Clive.
2: What's his What's the James estate name? Is the blonde the estate name? Come to Nottingham, like Pennington. Yeetle oh, no, it's like Persephone. Pennington. <laughs> I think it does start with a P. You're right it about does. that. I think it is Pemberley. I mean, it's that not. It's, right. it's yeah. not Pemberley, but it sounds. It's like, like I'm tugging on my ear. It sounds it's like, like Manderley. Like we can never go to Manderley again. Mm.
0: Well, what what is so fun about Morris is that the estate is on fire the first time you see it, <laughs> and then you wonder how are we going to get here? <laughs> oh my gosh. Little Rebecca Pemberley. callback. Pemberley. You know you
2: can come to Pemberley anytime, even if I'm not here. Where do we want to start with this movie? Um, I don't know. I just like the way it moves. The scene I where like their canoodling in the in the gazebo and the man bike
1: bicycles along. <laughs> <was> like,
2: boom. <laughs> I thought it was a really interesting choice to play the Wicked Witch of the West theme as, yeah. as I the like way.
1: how I like how nonchalantly and uh nonchalantly is the wrong word but inconspicuously that's also the wrong word but some word the way the <laughs> the they the way morris and clive get together it's so it's innocuous frank. it's just very like oh they're like no like you just know that it's hap- it's yeah. going to happen. And then next thing you know, they're canoodling. They're and, huggling. And they're huggling. Yeah, they're hu- <laughs> huggling. I like that word. They're that's, huggling. Yeah, <laughs> really the next thing you know, they're huggling. And it's just, it is what it is. And the movie moves from there. And they're huggling 20 minutes into the movie. And yeah. you're like, there are two hours left. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with the way that they kiss in the beginning. It's like the,
0: the, the bird that drinks water. Like the little thing on a... Oh, like it's just a yeah. very quick. As soon as it touches the water, dips it's in, back. Yeah. yeah. At first...
1: Yeah, it's a it's a peck. It's a bird-like peck. I also think it's interesting that Morris's relationship with Cl- with Clive is not the relationship. It's the gateway to Morris discovering himself. Like. The mm-hmm. one he ends up having sex with is the young twonk. What's his name? Scooter, Skeeter, Skyver. Uh, I believe
0: he's an Olympic diver,
1: Skadovian. Oh, what is that actor's Tom name? Because he's famous. His
2: name is. <laughs> I thought. Jeremy... I thought of Tom Daly. When... You would know him older. No, I've I looked him he up. He was before. in like V Vendetta. Yeah, I'll look. I'll look it up. He's in. He's like one of those British actors.
1: But he like was never hotter band. than he was in this movie. But of no, when they play cricket. Mm. Oh, it's so hot. Oh my God! The most I I wanted to say is the most erotically charged game of. Uh, cricket cricket. Cricket, ever cricket, to cinema. cricket
0: is a great way uh, Well I shouldn't say that because this film was made by um, Like British actors In a British milieu and British artists Like They know how to play cricket but mm. as an American I find it so refreshing that I don't know the rules to this game yeah. So all I'm really paying attention to Is the way that the boys are Knocking their bats Do you pay attention
2: mm-hmm. to the rules of games when you see them in movies? If I know
0: That's what if I know what the game is I yeah, don't absolutely. I don't either if That's really interesting. I, like when if do you, you pay attention fr- to the rules of Quidditch, <laughs> I bet you do, bitch. Like if you if you're gonna oh. watch Friday Night Lights, <laughs> if you're gonna watch God. Friday Night Lights, the drama is baked into that football game.
1: I do pay attention to. Quidditch. I know you do. It's the only sport I do pay attention to. I in, don't pay in attention film. to football and and Friday Night maybe Lights. baseball and Moneyball.
0: You don't pay attention to the football.
1: No. What
0: about when, what about when, when Street gets knocked down in the first step? Well,
2: I mean, that's not because of the rules of the game. I know, I know, I know.
0: But I, I did really learn the rules of football by watching how to play Friday football. Night Football.
2: I truly, you could, you could sit me down for an hour a day for one year trying to teach me how football works, and I wouldn't. I still would not. When no. I was in no, the, it's super easy. When I was in the I don't, the no, fifth I or
0: sixth grade, I was trying to become straight, and so I borrowed a friend's football book. Nice. And you know what my favorite chapter was? The they men. Have different mascots mm. <laughs> and different team pennants. Nice, <laughs> but getting back to Morris, I think that the, more sig- the the reason why so much of the movie is dedicated to the relationship between Morris and Clive is because this is that formative relationship that mm-hmm. is going to inform the way that they fall in love for both for the of rest- them. Exactly for mm-hmm. the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie ends on Clive looking out the window, mm-hmm. and I so good. I. It, it works, but and, and I think it's important to show that it really is both of their stories. Mm-hmm. Like Morris is both the object of desire and the protagonist of the film, and he's not just living his life and being affected by others. He is also permanently affecting the yeah. Clive character, but it's the relationship that gives way for something like Alec at the end. It's, it's weird. And you-
2: yet, mm-hmm. do you think that Morris will be truly happy with Alec? It doesn't matter. Because that, that's, that, that's not the point. It, he he won't. That, no,
0: it's not. But I, and I'm not saying that you're saying that's what the point is. I think the answer is, I think he will get what he needs out of that relationship. And then move on. Yeah, which is... But he, he'll he, at least live as to, a... He's going to live as an, not out an out gaming, gay man, but as a, out to a, himself. Right. At, and, and be in this loving relationship where there is no element of, I'm straight, I'm gay, I'm straight, I'm gay. Like yeah. It is it is a honest, impure relationship relationship.
1: Clive then, will continue to live in phase 1, <laughs> denial. Yes. Um I Ian e. Forster wrote this
2: novel about his um like
0: metaphor for f- being comfortable with your sexuality in windows. Yes. He had
2: friends that were living as gay married couple and he was like well, how does a person in 1915 come to that point, and that's mm-hmm. where the novel came from. And and I, I think know that I'm, I'm just no that in that perspective. That
0: perspective informs the way that they get together in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It is, I think, you could say, nonchalant. I mean, it is. They have a meet cute, mm-hmm. and it's cute, and they meet, and it's there's a spark, a cute. and they instantly become. Very close friends, mm-hmm. and we learned that there is a physical dimension to it. And then, in something of and a they,
2: they give themselves permission by reading the classics. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. <laughs> by doing the what what the Greeks would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. So by the time that they actually start huggling, it's kind of a jarring edit. It is. It is yeah. And but it, it is. It's, presented, very, it's very all of a sudden. It's very matter of fact, though, mm-hmm. and. When that happens, I'm watching the film and I'm so thrilled that there's no belabored should we do this? Is it yeah. okay if we do yeah, this? But I at agree. the same time, you can't not include that in a story that takes place in the nineteen teen or the nineteen tens in a country like England. Just like any Western country that has mm-hmm. the specter of Christianity over it. And not that it has to be specific to Christianity, just like any religious society. And also one that was a hundred years ago and mm-hmm eventually we do get to that conversation and then it ends up splitting them up but i just found it so refreshing that there wasn't some like shot of them um sitting on a couch together and then we get a close up of their hands slowly moving towards Touching. each other yeah it, and we get like a full embrace yeah and he then starts,
2: and then all the boys come in through Hugh Grant's hair it's, it's so hot, hot.
1: And that, that's the first moment of huggling, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, we're it's, already here, great, mm-hmm. good, and good it, to go, it is, let's keep it going. It
0: is so hot, but I don't want to, that's not just what it is, it's tender, it's vulnerable, and it's... And, again, it's risky. It's risky, yeah. But well, and then we, we, we understand, so... That risk that, that that elephant in the room is introduced when that group of fucking elephants mm-hmm. enter the room when mm-hmm. they are huggling and then all of their classmates barge through the door and they like instantly like break apart and mm-hmm. Hugh Grant like stands at a bookshelf or like a ledge or yeah. something. And then that's that is the first disruption of this perfect ideal perfect mm-hmm. perfect ideal. Um, of two souls coming together. It's all
2: right. Last week I couldn't pronounce the word obsolete.
0: Well, just to be clear, I was trying to pronounce something in sort of a fashionable, trendy like way, Anthony. like Anthony. Yeah, like
1: Anthony. His
0: nominator. Nominator. Kram was like, what? <laughs> what? He literally was like, huh? I did. I did love when when he was like, I feel safe like going and anywhere, out. and Tan was like, it's because you're white. What? Yes. I love that moment. Like, I think that if we're going to get on Anthony, we should talk about unchecked whiteness. Yeah, you know? unchecked but I, privilege. But to treat him as if somebody who would actively be like, I don't think that's true. You know? <laughs> like,
1: Anyway, back to Cause Morris. Because he does shut up immediately once Tan says that. He's like, oh, you're right. Me,
0: but, but, but back to
1: the other strapping young, hot white gays. Let's just quote Ben's log. Because you mentioned England and oppression. England has always been disinclined to accept human nature. That's
2: what Ben Kingsley says mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the therapy
1: section. It's a oh, refresh. long mean, when, day... when Ben Kingsley does the hand, mm-hmm. wow, it's so I think, soothing. I think
0: the dream sequence, though, is really disturbing and, oh, in yeah. an effective way yeah. where he, we're overlaying with a dissolve, Ben Kingsley wagging the finger, mm-hmm. and then Morris and his sister or, or some undisclosed woman. I think it's his sister. I think it's his sister. But they're like in a boat, and, and, and it gets very... Um, I mean, such a dumb way to describe it, but it does become dreamlike. And I think that this movie very smartly and subtly is moving its camera about in a way that could seem invisible, mm-hmm. but there are little stylistic flourishes like that and then some of the more natural imagery that are just jaw-dropping oh. and cinema- just like their intent of being cinematic or or even, that's a dumb way to say it, they just are striking images yeah. that do call attention to themselves. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And how about mm-hmm. the, I feel so silly I don't know if I said it on our Call Me By Your Name episode, but I've definitely talked about this idea in relation to that film, but how we watch Splendor in the Grass in a natural setting between two gay men in a way that validates them in the long-standing tradition mm-hmm. of idyllic, bucolic um, scenes of nature being the se- natural setting literally for romance. Mm-hmm. And by positioning two gay men into it, this is a bit of a semiotics thing, Right. And, but more than that, it puts, it validates gay romance as being part of a longstanding uh, artistic tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, it reminds me of when you mentioned, um you can call me by your name, when they pan away. To the tree. To the tree. Mm-hmm. It's a very traditional. Into the window. Yes. Romantic windows, move. Like Casablanca. Morris
2: loves windows. Morris loves windows. Which You haven't seen Casablanca, right?
1: I wasn't going to out myself on that, but fine.
0: That's okay. We, we can move right past it. One thing that happens <laughs> in the very beginning of this movie that I think is really funny and announces that the film has a sense of humor to it is that when young Morris is being taught about the birds and the bees on the mm-hmm. beach with the with the teacher with his umbrella and he's drawing dicks and sand. Oh yeah, that scene's so weird. It's so weird. But then the sea starts washing it away, but instead just like the salty like brine water ends up covering the scene so it looks like, you know... Looks like special Gizz. special sauce. Jism. Yeah. And the girl's like, Ah <laughs> It's very funny, it's very clever.
1: It makes me laugh. Makes me laugh too. What else do I love about this movie? I did claim it as my new favorite film of all time. You did. Yes, you'll have to give us one more one more tidbit. It. it just made me feel emoted. I, lo- I was I, I was emoted by I it. I
2: love when Morris gets a haircut and he gets hot. Oh my god. That's my favorite part of the movie. What, I, I, think what that, I think that his, is, what his phase is that of his, like the second or third. The story is also about. Um, I'm very smart. I like when he gets hot. I do
0: too, and I think it's a good point <laughs> because this movie is not just about coming into yourself as a gay man, but how embracing your queerness generally lends to better grooming. That's true, yeah. and I think that that's in the text. They become metrosexual. Absolutely, <laughs> it's in the text. He tries the mustache, and he's like, "You know what? It's trying a little too hard." Yeah, and then gets rid of it.
1: I like the scene where they brawl. They don't yeah. really brawl. The big fight. The big fight yeah, is a bit very It's a
0: devastating
2: moment. Yeah, it's very devastating.
1: On the flip side of it, I think one of the more romantic Clive is like, "He's fine.
2: Don't go in
3: there.
0: Don't be an ass, Morris."
1: <laughs> and I like how they're just like kind of like willy-nilly around like all the women in their lives, like the nanny they they just like ignore her, yeah. but and she sees everything. Here. To the ladies. <laughs> not the nanny the uh, the the, ser- the servant yeah the maid There's, well that's um, a really interesting dynamic they're
2: just noodling and she's not even there she's hugging like and
1: she's like it's okay. like she's not even and then, there and well, then i think then the movie is getting at something about yeah.
2: uh, class in england oh, which, which totally,
0: is just as important as repression and also white privilege in that mm-hmm. country cuz
1: one of the moments where the older woman like calls for her and she's like i had to call twice <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's it it very <laughs> subtly it, in, it, it subtly includes an upstairs, downstairs element. Yeah. yeah. But more so to show how this romance is built on the backs of these people that they don't respect enough to exhibit discretion and friends up. Because if you are flaunting your homosexuality in front of another person like this, at this time. When you can be, when, when you are arrested, right. not... and when you will be arrested if you are caught uh, with a man, mm-hmm. yeah, you are not considering that person human. And I think mm-hmm. that the, it's great because, I mean, the film is highly romantic and with highly charismatic leads, mm-hmm. but does not ignore the fact that there is oppression left and right in mm-hmm. this society. And it's not just these characters right. who are
2: suffering under the thumb of it. It like acknowledges when... that they are, they're still white men. They're, they're still the aristocracy. They're at the yeah. top of the, the gay pyramid. Mm-hmm
0: which is yes i agree and one thing i will say just as sort of
2: i was at the top of the gay pyramid thank you
0: same that's too much pressure (laughs) i am i am on top of the gay pyramid so i'm telling you from firsthand experience i'm at the bottom
1: oh (laughs) oh interesting oh wow remember when morris drops his drawers in front of his dad that's not his dad what he's a he's just a family friend he's the doctor I love my new scene. favorite film of all time. I don't even know who no, the that, characters that scene, are. <laughs> that scene
0: is great because the the film does not shy away from a clinical diagnosis of homosexuality as something that
1: can be cured. Yeah, he's which like, look at my dick. Which, it's a gay dick. Help me. Well, but it it just shows <laughs> how
0: like when you do not have an education. Is it
1: really not his dad?
0: No, it's a family friend. What well, movie but was I watching? This is an important point. When you when there is no public education about homosexuality or about. Um, just any queer experience when there's no history and when there is no when people try and act as if something doesn't exist rather than tell you what happens or, or or what it is, then you're going to pull out your dick to your family friend doctor under the assumption that he can probably locate pretty quickly like where the rash is. Mm-hmm. Like where the where the gay where the gay fever is. Mm-hmm. And it's ludicrous. And he's
1: like, cure me
0: and he's like, A woman will cure you. A good woman will kill you, honey. I love It'd the moment odd. when they when they see. when when Clive is see. eating an apple as they're playing piano together, and then the scene ends with Morris taking a bite of the apple mm. well, I gasped. it's hot, I gasped it is
1: hot in, in summation, that's my commentary on this movie is hot <laughs> all right, we can be done, clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about. I Fred's really thought nice. it was that's sad that's a minor indiscretion. he's, he's a father figure <laughs> very father figure that's
0: why in the beginning the the teacher like takes him aside
1: he's like, you've got all these women in your life and so oh I'm going to be the right, I'm saying, yeah. Duh. Okay, got it. Next. So moving on. Yeah, we better uh, we better move it a faster. Where are we? Uh, we better move it a faster clip. Okay, great. So why don't we talk? Fifty-three well, minutes in. Someone else can choose the next thing. Ben, what do you want to chat about? Let's talk about Paris is Burning. Great.
2: Um, Paris is Burning is the greatest movie about the American Dream because it, it is about people who have been excluded from the American Dream trying to emulate and, like rich people in society and specifically rich white people on Wall Street and the Hamptons, and it's this very New York-centric culture of 1980s American wealth. They're dressing for the world yeah. they want, not the world mm-hmm. they have. Yeah. And they are they know that they can never get what... Well, that's not true. Because in the end of the film... We are shown two case studies at the end of the film where one mm-hmm. achieves dancing career and... Uh, uh, What's the word when you model? When you know when Sellout? you sell out, when you write the dance, <laughs> choreographer, <laughs> <laughs> sell out. When, when you write the dance, you're a choreo. He has a successful career as a choreographer and a modeler, modeler. yeah, a model and, modeler. No, no, I believe modeler is the yeah, correct, that's word. right? Yeah, and, a modeler. And then one of the
1: girls Venus Extravaganza. who
2: is identified, self identified as trans, uh, she has been killed by the end of the film, yeah. And... The film basically says these people are generally excluded, but maybe one will, but it's not guaranteed. And it, who knows? The other way that I read into
0: that, um, because it's not just those two stories, we also see that like Fran Leibowitz and fucking, uh, help me out, but the Bob Fosse lady. I'm so embarrassed oh, right oh. now. Oh, Gwen Gwen Verdon. Yes, yes. Honestly, that's humiliating. I'm sorry. But we see that they're judging a ball. Yeah. Drag and voguing has gone mainstream. Yeah. And so it's not just that, like, a couple people are going to get cherry-picked to go into great success. It's the idea of when something breaks from a subculture to the culture, Mm -hmm. it's a co-opting of that experience in a lot of ways. And so you are going to... You're going to rewrite the history right over all of the trans women and drag queens who died.
2: And, I mean... David Fincher made a career from Vogue-ing, Vogue yeah. from literally directing the music video for Vogue. Mm-hmm. And is considered one of the greatest music videos of all time. And it was. And it is. And it really launched him more than his other music videos Mm -hmm. did into being able to do Alien 3.
0: Absolutely. And the same goes for what I think Brandon said earlier, but about the language on display here has all been co-opted by white gay men. Mm -hmm. With very little credit given back to these women or or drag
2: queens. My favorite part is when is when they talk about the distinction between reading and shade yes. yeah. because because a lot of gays still don't know the difference. most of them don't most of them don't realize that shade is subtle. Yeah. <laughs> shade is not calling someone out. That's a read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shade is when you, it, she literally says it's when you don't have to say it because you know it. Mm-hmm. I also I'm so I should have written this down but I also love when
0: the one gay guy who's being interviewed outside, like by a pier. Oh, with the, the, blue. Cute, the one.
2: cute one, yeah,
1: like, the oh, really cute he's one. So cute! But, he's I
0: love, I love, I love. You know, this isn't what I was gonna say, but when he's like, is hot. He, he says, yeah, but, yeah. First of all, my take is is hot. It's hot. And second, he's like, yeah, I'm not someone who like uses words a lot. I don't, I don't talk very much, yeah. and I own that island right over there too. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about how faggots will pull a fast one on you, essentially. Oh, and, ha- yeah. and how they will trick you in a way that you won't even know that you've been tricked. For Until like 20 years later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I was duped. Yes. Uh, and I Buy love that, that. Faggot.
1: He's so
2: cute.
0: But it's, I would highly recommend if, Folks haven't seen it. There's a documentary called Kiki that came out two years ago. It is very much a spiritual sequel to Paris is Burning and that it is a contemporary look at the Harlem ball scene Mm -hmm. and the young people who are... It's more
2: explicitly activist too, isn't it? There is certainly an activist bent to it. Absolutely.
0: But it goes to show that, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race is on television and that is not an uh, unsubstantial... It's not an altogether good. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we ignore the people who are still perfecting this art, that they are walking in the footsteps of the people who pioneered this art form mm-hmm. 30 years earlier. And there are still like DIY balls going on in Harlem and yeah. young queens and young trans women who are expressing themselves through dance, through costume, through gesture in a way that is liberating and claiming space mm-hmm. in a world that is always, for the most part, trying to shove you out. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fantastic that Dusty Ray Bottoms is on the billboard for Smirnoff. I think it's fantastic that, you know, we talk about drag race constantly, and I think it's fantastic um, that my six-year-old niece uh, or cousin goes to drag story hour. Like, Mm -hmm. these things are all good, but we cannot forget that the ball scene is still going on, and... We just we we you you have a choice to try and not let people's histories be written over, right? And the reason or the way that you do that is by paying attention and by celebrating and by talking about it.
2: Yeah, and by exactly. It, I mean, awarding if, 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 Shangela All Stars three,
1: correct? <laughs> Queen of Dragons Shangela, and awarding Shangela Asia, Asia era So by, by the time this the drops, crown. no, oh, this it will won't. Be the This the morning will be of the
2: morning of, yeah. So, d- ooh, good timing. We're Team Asia. I'm team I think Asia. we are all Team Asia. This I stopped watching
1: the show, and I'm Team Asia.
2: I'm. <laughs> I also am fine with Aquaria winning. Same, but that's it. Same. Happy
1: for the Same. other two to have made it Same. to the top four. But, good for that. But let's
0: keep talking about Paris is Burning, that yes. RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes,
1: correct. Um, <laughs> nice.
2: I love all the categories. I love when they post the category as uh-huh. a as a interstitial in mm-hmm. the film
1: itself. A lot of interstitials, a lot of, a lot of which are the, the, words the words that they um, define. Mm-hmm. And it's also queens. One of, one of my favorite talking heads is the talking head that the movie ends on. Yeah, what's and, her name? The showgirl. Yeah, and her whole, she's an older queen, and her whole dialogue at the end. Um,
2: you just, you're just you a success in life if you just get through it or something, to that effect. Yeah,
1: the whole, the whole thing is yeah. very good, but um, I think... I quoted a part of it in my log. It was like, you've made a mark on this world just by getting through it. Yeah,
0: right. Which is why I don't think... I said, I was trying to talk about this, I think, when we were first doing our little round robin of what we brought to the table tonight. But this film doesn't need you to validate these people in order for their lives to have extraordinary meaning. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's been said yet, but the film is almost the entire cast is almost all people of color or trans women of color. Mm -hmm. And not that those two things are mutually exclusive, but it is, the movie is not about showing you these people's lives so that, so that you can, you know, you can write, write to your Senator, (laughs) you know, it it is showing a world that these people have created
2: and they have pioneered an art form. And you talk about like, they talk about certain people in the ball scene are, superstars to the lesser known to the newer Queens. It's like, this is the person they want to be. And I love the two like Bronx teens. Oh, they're fantastic. That are just like out. This and about. is day life. And they just want to go, go to the ball. Mm-hmm. And They have their faves and oh, I just love them so much. It, I mean, in,
0: in this, yeah, like you're saying that the space also cultivates safety and acceptance for the Next generation, which is why Asia O'Hara should be the winner of Group Drag Stronger season mm-hmm. 10.
2: Yes, what
0: I just said, yes, yes. yes. I mean, bounce jumping off something you said about how these queens really are like the, the more legendary, which mm-hmm. is not a word that you can just toss around, like the legendary queens in this ball scene, mm-hmm. they are. You know, they they have always wanted to be iconic and of repute. And when they walk into a room, the cameras turn their way. Yeah. And in this world that they've created, they do. And I don't think that the film is primarily trying to be a microcosm of America, which is separate from what you say about the American dream, right. because it is absolutely about that. But it is interesting how this scene operates on its own rules, that even though it is existing on the margins, the ideas of celebrity become very human in that you you'd think in in a, in a queer space that is more akin to like the the give and take of an act up meeting for instance mm-hmm. than the screaming and shouting on the Wall Street uh, or on the uh, floor of the New York Stock the Stock New York Stock Exchange. Exchange that that there are still everyone wants to be loved everyone wants to be appreciated and everyone wants to shine and in this film is just in a very amazing particular way
2: I love that there's a very clear, like, generational divide, mm-hmm. and that's explicitly referenced as like when we were young, yeah. we wanted to be movie stars, and now they want to be supermodels. Yeah, and like we're on the verge of the club kids scene at mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. point, and like that is going to take place of Christy I, Brinkley. I, yes. I thought
1: that was very interesting because that is still obviously absolutely. happening, like, mm-hmm. we're still evolving, and
2: yeah, absolutely,
0: but it's also just exciting as its own time capsule, like, it, is. it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a history lesson because it is just so electric and creative. Just you're so just dropped and right yeah. in. It's an amazing documentary. And I think that one of the hallmarks of good documentary, depending on what kind of movie you're making, but is access and how a filmmaker is able to endear themselves to mm-hmm. subjects in a way that they are able to shoot a film from... I always say when in Penelope's Fierce is the decline of Western civilization, she is literally shooting it from inside the mosh pit. Mm-hmm. So I would extend that same metaphor here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where Jenny Livingston deserves a world of credits. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, we're talking about Chloe Zhao and the writer, like this is someone who is able to explore a space with empathy yeah. and authentic authenticity mm-hmm. in what could feel very maudlin in the <clears throat> hands of a lesser filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And, I think that it goes to show why empathy is an important um, tool in your kit.
2: Empathy, IMO. This here empathy we are. IMO.
0: Oh, speaking we, of, maybe uh, we can bridge, huh? maybe we can bridge, or do we have more things we no, want to I say about Paris fine. is Burning? To, uh, we should move on. Okay, to bridge the segments here. Um, no, I'll, I'll wait to the end. I'll wait to the end.
1: Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, next, let's go to one of you. We kind of talked about, we, we're we going to have to start accelerating. Yeah, so let's just talk we about. We talked about Desert Hearts. That's why I did Paris is Burning,
2: because I wanted to do that more than my others
0: yes and i want to talk about desert hearts more than law of desire all right let's do it so the thing that i find most significant about desert hearts apart from the fact that it is showing a uh it is it is a a story and expression of lesbian love and a milieu that we don't often think of i mean uh, carol is amazing for a million reasons but it's also another story of queer love in an urban space right and desert hearts manages to pull off the impossible, which is that it recontextualizes the Western milieu down to the Patsy Klein music, the gambling saloons, the bars, the ranches, the heat, the open stretches of freeway and turns it all into the backdrop for a queer love story Mm -hmm. and does so without, it doesn't rewrite that legacy by shying away from the textures, the tones and the truths of these environments, the front porches of it all. Right? The wind chimes and shit, but it manages to find these spaces like the bathtub that um, that Kay and her friend, who is a lesbian but is going to marry this man, where they are right. soaking in the tub together oh, while yeah. her fiance serves them martinis. Mm-hmm. Like it is able to show distinct queer spaces within this decidedly by history um, heterosexual world. But while evoking it using the language of, I don't mean like the John Ford Western. I just mean the the mid-century Western. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very significant that Patsy Cline is dominating so much of the soundtrack yeah. in that regard. And I just think it's beautifully acted. I love these characters so much. I think that it's sensitive. I think that it does this thing that happens in Morris and Call Me By Your Name and uh, Brief Encounter just using the train. Uh, at, love, at, at,
2: the train. You lo- love the train. Love the train in a romance film as mm-hmm.
0: a signal of separation. I just want 40 more minutes. Of the film? No, no that's oh, what if she, she says. says. The, if I'm not, I generally, these things go over my head when I'm on a train of thought, mm-hmm. like when I missed the B.B. Anderson reference <laughs> last week.
1: <laughs> but Oops. yes, yeah. So I love the film. What was I, gonna I, oh, what I going think to it, say? Oh, I think it has one of the most tender and important sex scenes in a film. In the hotel room? Mm-hmm. When
2: they press their breasts against
1: each other. Same. I love that shot. They're, they, they just... Literally, that's the <laughs> shot. That's the shot. I I, th- I just think it's very... Um, I mean, because this was filmed that it came out in 1987. Mm-hmm. Something like that. It was just very bold.
0: It's bold, but what I love about it is how it... It's like the opposite of bold. Like, it's presented as. Like, It is bold for a film to depict uh, a lesbian love scene, let alone a sexy. But you're right. The way it's presented is not. not It's not sensationalized. No. It's super sexy. It's Mm -hmm. not meant. It's not like shot from a high angle with like a David Fincher jaundiced tone over. Like, it's not going out of its way to make it unappealing. Right. But it's not.
2: It's not exploitative. It's not
0: exploitative, and it's just super fucking sexy, and it's shown as something... Like, it happens in a hotel room, a place where sex happens between consenting adults all of the time, and...
2: And Vivian is sexually fraught from the oh, moment yeah. that scene begins. Uh-huh. Her hair is wild, and she's in a mm-hmm. bathrobe. And emotionally- <laughs> well, as, as her
0: hair adjusts to the desert air, mm-hmm. she, as her hair blossoms and, and opens up, so does she. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Which, oh, what movie is it she that I blooms. love where it's the character's expanding hair ends life up speaking boat. to
2: that <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock's life. It is Tallulah, Tallulah bankhead starts with a tight bun and it just gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> I, it's just like that too. I don't know. It'll come to me,
0: but I don't know. I just think it's a really perfect film. I I. think it's so special and so gorgeous. And it, another reason it reminds me of Carol is that it is just a bouquet of swoons. Like one moment after another just takes your breath away and it puts a
1: string of lights around your heart. <sighs> It sure does, and that that reach in and string of lights around your.
0: I think the women. I think the women's (laughs) chemistry is one of a kind. It's one of those rare things in in a romance where the partners are just so perfectly matched that it demonstrates the power of casting, and I was just having an eye for that. I think they're spectacular. Yeah. Okay, so I guess moving on. I just think it's a, I think it's a very significant film
3: in the I way do that it, too I do too but, I think it's a in, very important queer film
0: I do too but specifically the way that I was saying like with Morris and Call Me By Your Name it recontextualizes a space and queers it without you know it does string up lights on it but it's not like we're adding neon
1: everywhere To although there is like some neon in this movie that's a bad example but like I love when it becomes super neon toward the end I was like yeah. when's the when's the cover gonna happen when's that color pa- oh there it is yeah there it is found it um, I think that
0: I think that turning 1950s Reno into the tunnel of fucking love is a tremendous achievement for shining a spotlight on qu- rural queers or queers in smaller cities. Rural queers. And and, and also it's, I just find it very clever the way that it twists that language very subtly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just with a female writer and a female director. It was in a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. It's all very exciting. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I. Well,
0: no, I don't need to keep going. It's all good.
1: But I'm a cheerleader next. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just think it's absolutely thrilling that RuPaul Charles <laughs> plays a uh, uh, conversion conversion therapist, gym teacher, gym and, teacher counselor. <laughs> and the closeted son is listening to a RuPaul song is listening to a RuPaul song oh my god i didn't that,
0: even
2: recognize that
1: off off his
0: while while, while he is dancing in his short shorts with his walkman and he is weed whacking
1: i think foxy lady album that was like a song i googled I it to that. make sure make sure but i just think uh that meta moment just encapsulate it like encapsulates the whole movie mm hmm
0: I think it's wild that this movie was critically dismissed in the way it was at the time because
1: 32 on Metacritic.
2: I just three stars from Roger Ebert. Good for Roger. He knew Roger Roger knew.
1: (laughs) Roger said he was like, "This is going to become a cult classic," and he was correct.
0: I just find the color palette in this film so Mm tongue-in-cheek, so
1: playful and
0: creative.
1: There's one scene in purple that's purple Mm -hmm. where the blue and pink combine. It's also
0: so the palette is so consistent within a scene. So what I mean by that is if we want it, so Ben is wearing an orange or like a
2: peach colored salmon, a sand. Yes. A a salve- shirt. I think friend of the podcast, Michael Varadhi has the same shirt oh, from when we were going to a movie and he like spilled on himself before we arrived <laughs> and he like quickly bought a shirt and it was the same one I was wearing. I love that.
0: But if we were going to try and like shoot a salmon scene right now, I think it's a lot harder than Jamie Babbitt makes it look. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, that your wall color, your shoes, your scrub brush. By the way, those rose scrub brushes. How fun oh, and yeah. sapphic is that? And then the costumes as well. Like it, the consistency and the singularity of aesthetics in this film. Yeah. She makes it look easy. And, yeah. It, yeah. and it's to her credit as a filmmaker. But it's not just the colors. The lighting is really expressionistic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about when... It's just
2: like I was like, imagine comedy is looking like this today mm-hmm. i can't
0: well it's honestly i studio comedy, it reminds me totally Did game night look like it
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: turn into Jack as Jack. someone who hasn't seen it
1: i will say yes it does uma thurman and nymphomaniac
0: <laughs> what was i gonna say Oh sorry it reminds me of Roy Anderson like it, the film does not quite have like a I dioramic look to Roy it, Anderson. but it is there's an artificiality to the space that is integral to the tone mm-hmm. but also manages to firmly root a reality inside of all of it and yeah. that is really fucking hard to do yeah Jamie Babbitt is so great with her actors and 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 the reason why I say that because it can be it can be very easy to assign um credit to a director for something an actor is doing right. when it might be it might not even have been the director or the actor's idea the cinematographer might have jumped in with a suggestion but everyone's character in this film not everyone is doing the same exact thing like Ben if you want to talk about this because I know you were saying before we got on mic Hello. But, but, <laughs> it, but there is a consistency to all of the performances and the yeah. way that they interact with one another in a way that can only be under the careful hand uh, of a director who is watching tone right and rhythm
2: it's like each person is doing the same thing throughout, I think, but I don't think everyone is in the same movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's it's a good movie. I don't want to shit on it because I did enjoy that fuck out of it. But I don't know. Kathy Moriarty is giving such a real performance. Yeah, And she's doing over-the-top satire, but it's so believable. hmm and there's no, it's so close to reality, and I feel like some of the kids. I mean, it's just a skill comes with age thing. I think it's a lot of it, and that the kids, some of them, are just like a little too broad, or sometimes not broad enough. Mm-hmm. It just depends on who's. Or doing in it. Bud
0: Court's case, it's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs>
2: What's happening here? What is happening?
0: I love. I think Melanie Linsky. Is one of the cinema's Academy member. Academy member That's exactly right. And I believe oh, by the time this and I believe by the time this drops, Academy Award winner Melanie Linsky. Oh. I believe, you know, by the time this drops, that'll that be true. Her I, I <laughs> Here think you she, go. She is one of the cinema's foremost wallflowers. And especially in this
2: period. I mean she's by no means the star of this film, but I was she- going to add and sexual abuser in Brandon's favorite film. The what? perks of being a wallflower. <laughs> Speaking what? of being a wallflower,
1: oh, she is a sexual abuser in that film. Yes, one of the cinema's foremost. Yikes! <laughs> Ooh, I'm Melanie. just gonna back away. I'm gonna vanjie my way out of this. <laughs> oh. I she um I like that she goes with her n- natural accent natural. in this film. That's nice. I love it so much. I like that intro shot Maybe of that's her what you of Muriel's wedding. when she's Maybe giving they. the tour Zealand, for yeah. um. And she's giving the tour to Natasha It's That very like, Im- like intense, like following shot yeah. of her, and she's like,
0: and here's this, and here's this, blah blah blah. I think she has such a beautiful voice.
3: Me
2: too. Same. That wasn't me. I, I her wasn't voice. saying it was. I, I love was. Hidden Creatures. The last DVD I ever lent someone because I never saw it again, and so I don't do that anymore. Goodbye.
0: Isn't it called Beautiful Creatures? Heavenly Creatures. Heavenly Creatures. I got it wrong. Yeah, I'm we sorry. both. Got, hey, we
1: both got it wrong. Here we go. Um, I think Clea Duvall is a revelation in this. I think Natasha Lyonne is a star. I do too. Is born moment here. When you see the ways in which Natasha Lyonne
0: can just chew scenery, mm-hmm. and not just in in film or television, but just as a personality herself, yeah. and then watching her shrink into herself in a film like this, it really shows a technical prowess that I don't yeah. think that we are, that we are yeah. um, likely to, just on our first thought, to give Natasha Lyonne credit for.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: and I you know this is a movie that where I I really wish that we did have a woman on the mic because having worked at a queer nonprofit for a long time now this movie comes up a lot with a lot of the women that I work with as being really important to mm-hmm. them not just seeing themselves on screen but unlocking something inside and I have definitely heard at least one woman talk about how the smoldering broodiness brood, that's not a word of Clea Duvall mm-hmm. was a formative celebrity crush that Played a part in their own sexual awakening. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. And I really wish that we had a woman on the mic to talk about this movie. Not, not, not that we don't aren't getting anything out of it, but because it is, it is a. It, if you watch, I imagine if you watch this movie as a young person who is, uh, um, sorry, I'm, I'm fading fast. Who it? Who is a lesbian? Especially in '99. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is you don't really see. This type of representation, this story told very often, yeah. and, I, and frankly, I, I feel like the conversion therapy aspect of queer life generally goes to gay men. Yeah, yeah, which is why we'll I, see with the um, miseducation of Cameron Post closing right. night film at Outfest. Right, not we'll to get see regional, we'll Outfest see. Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, I'm. This will be the first sense, but I'm well, maybe not. I don't know. Fact check me, but the first, maybe the first sense, but I'm a trailer that involves um, a female. Being thrown to conversion therapy. Well, what, what's
0: mm. interesting is that this movie wins the grand jury prize. Not, but I'm a cheerleader, but Miseducation of Cameron Post wins the grand jury prize at Sundance. Stars Chloe Grace Moretz, Sasha Lane. Like, this movie is going to, uh, you know, I don't know how much money it's going to make, right. but it definitely has more power behind it.
1: Than it's is make, it A24? No. I don't know. Who it's is not, it? Fox? I mean, it, but
0: I'm a cheerleader, it has RuPaul Charles, Kathy Moriarty, Bud Court. Like, I Julie Delpy and I surprised Julie Delpy and, oh and and Michelle God. Williams and yeah. Michelle Williams.
2: So it's not like there. I mean, there's actually a lot of star power. The in cast this is song, really stacked in terms of who's still famous today. Absolutely, Julie Delpy It feels
0: like a dazed and confused on that level. Mm-hmm. I mean, watching this movie, you were watching people whose careers and the kiss of Moriarty and RuPaul and Bud Court, Like we already knew who those people were right. by the time this would have come out, but. Clea Duval, Melanie Linsky, Natasha Leone—it's very special to see Clea Duval's The Intervention, where which stars all three of those women. Oh yeah, it's sort of a reunion for this film. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: that's nice. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, how
0: oh, beautiful, beautiful. Off mic, I will tell you all how lovely Melanie Linsky was to me oh. at the after party for that. True, like ah! uh, Mel- I can I can attest, I can put it on the record. This is something that I have seen and someone that I have met. Melanie Linsky is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. You, you know, I've heard that. When, you, when, you, meet, I believe when you meet celebrities, they generally are, you know, if, it, if it's like at a, at a screening or something, they know they're going to get approached and mm-hmm. they know that they are reflecting on the film that everyone's just seen. So they're not going to be standoffish unless they're a dick. But Melanie Linsky talked to me for 15 minutes <gasps> and, and I had to tear myself away from her <gasps> because I was like, Girl, I'm de- like I have stars in my eyes. I am mm-hmm. such a fan of yours. I have to go now. Yeah. But she was oh empathetic goodness. and curious. Empathetic. And I just I love that woman, and she's a spectacular actress. But yeah, really one of the nicest people I've ever.
2: What a career she's
1: had. I, truly, and Think I'm so she glad that she has from.
2: so much money and so Same. much range. Just, just all of the money from Two and a Half Men. And Good so sir. much range.
1: She was in Two and a Half Men. Oh yeah. yeah. She's got bank. Wacky knaves. Uh, I'm so happy for so her. So much bank. Okay. Thank you, CBS. Brandon, where
0: are we on time? We're at it's an
1: hour 20 minutes. Oh, okay.
0: So I'm... Want to
1: do a quick speed of the... Want to do some speed for the rest of these? Yeah, sounds great. So um, we've already... T- I, we've talked about poison on this podcast before. Yeah, so I don't... Go to our Todd Haynes episode.
0: Right. And I don't really want to talk about Law of Desire. Except be- for Antonio
1: Banderas' undies. Well, no, we, can,
0: we can talk about that. I'm just worried about time, and it's like one of those things where the best movie... Like, you see a movie come out, and let me take it back now, y'all. TNUC. A movie comes out, and you see it for the first time, and you already know this is one of the best movies of all time. This is already in the canon. And then when you're ranking your movies at the end of the year, you sort of forget about that thing because it's so great that like it doesn't need... Yeah, like like yeah, to I, I, exactly. You. So since I'm a little worried about time, that's just where I'm coming from with Law of Desire. Is that I'm take a pass on it? Just
1: want yeah, to recommend it to people.
0: In. Well, no, I mean y'all can say something if you want to.
1: Oh, um, I just think it's a pulpy, fun, very Pedro Noir. I think it's sexy as fuck. I think it's um, it's just highly entertaining. Just the structure is really good. The side, uh, you know, Pedro Almodovar he fills his movies with. Every single character, no matter how small the role is, is very like fully formed, mm-hmm. and that's very much the case here. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that about it. I love, um, yeah. everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a perfect movie. <laughs> uh, I like the final shot. I think that's very fun. The Pieta.
2: Huh? He's holding the dying man. Which is which, is, which is also when they climb me
1: up the ladders. Oh right!
2: I Did I stop the movie too soon? No, I'm sure you didn't. Sorry, I'm burning
0: up in this apartment. I'm, it's warm. Yeah, I'm I'm dying. I am dripping with sweat, much wow. like, You're it, like Banderas <laughs> in Banderas and Law of Desire. You're like mm-hmm.
1: the cover of Law of Desire, isn't it? Like just like flames,
0: basically. And what I love, I think this is a really important film in Almodovar's oeuvre. I mean, I love everything that comes before it, but I do think that it is a little bit of. I think that it's a signature film. It's like a whatever it's called when you what you're known for calling card, Mm -hmm. like a calling card. I don't know. I just love that it is dripping with carnality and with color. And the other thing about Almodovar is that he comes from like the punk rock scene. And so he has spent a lot of time in these sweaty clubs and backroom bars Mm -hmm. and DIY spaces and post Franco queer liberation. And I think that law of desire can also kind of be looked at as a time capsule in a way. Um, I think that, I mean, homosexuality and also trans characters pop up in his films basically from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the begin you know, this film opening with the protagonist who is a film director directing that moment of gay sex. Mm -hmm. That sort of is a manifesto for what we're about to see. Right. And I just think that it is a it is completely uninterested in both Ingmar Bergman and Steve McQueen's shame. Mm -hmm. And all of these queer char- all these gay characters basically are, are terrible people. I mean, Fassbender did that like twenty years earlier, or like ten years earlier. But I don't know. I just think I just think that it, as a as a very frank depiction. I love that it's never called life.
2: into. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's never like he, his the fact that Antonio Banderas is a murderer is not attributed to him being gay. No, absolutely, and that's a great point. Yeah, which is, that's a great point. Which is just like it's just. It, I hate the happens to be gay phrasing when we talk about movies like. Sure. No, it's like no, they are gay and it matters. But yes, but it's not the motivation for him being a bad person. Right, right. He just he loves gay sex. He's the he's the
0: femme fatale. <laughs> he wants of to get
2: fucked. This film. He learns he wants to get fucked watching this movie, mm-hmm. of where the guy says, "Fuck me." I also think that <laughs> in
0: the way that Almodovar has been able to smash genre together um, and, and and tell his stories in a lot of different genres as it goes on, this is melding the melodrama, mm-hmm. the noir. But specifically, I'll say about the noir, that they're basically, I mean, it's not a movie of shadows. Like film noir right. is a very amorphous tor- term, and, but it mostly comes from the stories that are told in the margins and with a heavy... Um, like, not chiaroscuro, but, like, a relationship between shadow and light. Mm-hmm. And this movie has that in spades, but it is so much more about color yeah. um, and, and vivid pops of red and orange. and Just, like, leave her to heaven. Exactly like that. It's and and, and, really and, on, and on a same level, like, that color becomes poisonous mm-hmm. as the film goes on. It's something that is beautiful to look at and, and seductive. Mm-hmm. But red is not just a, an amorous color. It's also a color of death. hmm
1: and blood, 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 Charlie, Charlie, blood.
3: blood.
0: Cholly, cholly blood. <laughs> oh fuck! I ah, there was a lean on Pete thing that uh, popped in my head today, oh, and no. I, I don't remember.
1: Did you not get out of your car after murdering an animal?
0: I, I you know, what, I did hit a, Damn. I did, I did hit a horse with my car today. Is what Damn. it was. That's what it was. <laughs> wow.
2: What? I, I That's what happened. Not
0: not to get too <laughs> regional, but I was passing the stables in Burbank oh! near near our ice rink where we hang out. Oh. Did you run huh? over Charlie? chelly no chelly's not a person he's a or no chelly's a chelly's the guy anyway, yeah, the
2: horse is lean on pete the name the t- 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 i
1: don't anyway, remember me, that movie I, anyway,
2: I i am profoundly disappointed in
0: myself i can't i just can't talk about this anymore i'm you're very tired un- i'm tired and i'm uncomfortable
2: we are going to talk but i want to talk about but fireworks no i know so let's jump into fireworks it's a short ass this movie. is the first
0: i really feel like i've let myself down and the table down tonight i'm, that s- you're I'm not very the one sorry pushing
2: us forward
0: well, I, it's my episode this week, so that I, you're the yeah. one ending so early?
1: I'm thrilled. <laughs> you, Let's you guys go to like, bed. This is the greatest gift you have <laughs> we, ever given. We love going to us, bed. <laughs> the podcast and the
2: listeners.
0: <laughs> well, I have to go home and I have more fucking work to do. Oh,
1: wow. All right. Um, no,
0: not that you don't. I'm just like, I'm tired. <laughs> and I don't want to cry. Wow.
1: <laughs> have another anchor steam, bitch. I,
0: I can't. I have to I have shit to do. Oh. Wow. I'm
1: gonna have i am I'm
2: gonna have a wine when I when I get
1: home. Have another have chip.
2: So, Fireworks is a, an amazing short film mm. that has been preserved by UCLA. <laughs> this is featured in the credits. I don't know why I'm referencing that, but I would like to It was probably the, that the legacy project it probably UCLA, was. which is yeah, yeah, Outfest's film. A lot of Outfest
1: shout-outs. They can Venmo
0: less $10. I've, well, I've actually been biting my tongue on even more of them. But, yeah, if you live in Los Angeles, you should definitely come to Outfest Los Angeles yeah, starting sir, on yeah. July 12th. And
2: send us money for letting you know to go.
0: Absolutely. I'm the short film programmer, so if you go to any of the shorts programs, I will be there for a Q&A. Yeah,
1: seriously. Come to Outfest.
0: Um, Fireworks. Brandon's also the co-chair of their Emerging Leaders Council.
1: Yeah, if you want to become a member, just hit me up. Just tweet at me. Send me a tweet.
2: I'm not involved in Outfest. Ben, but I... I, You are part of the Outfest family. I attend. Yeah,
1: you attend. Um, Fireworks.
2: Fireworks is a film about male bodies and one in particular who tries to pick up a i was gonna say navy seal a (laughs) sailor (laughs) no i get it because i think of like an arf arf at a painted backdrop of a bar (laughs) that he put up in his living room Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then the other sailors Try to beat... Try to. They beat the shit out of him. With mm-hmm. chains. With chains. And they <laughs> they come on him and they... And they put per- fingers in his and, nose. And then his dick turns into a Christmas tree. Yes. Oh, I love... And the it, there's a bottle in the dick with a firework. <laughs> mm.
0: I think that... This was, if if such a thing exists, a refreshing use of the male gaze. Mm. The way that the camera is positioning these bodies, and like even when the main character is just walking around the room in the beginning, the camera is is has is hovering around the butt and the crotch. So when he bends over, we, we are sort of looking down the back of his pants into the underwear region. Mm-hmm. And for what Anger is saying about. Um, I mean, I think toxic masculinity on some level on mm-hmm. just the male form in general and masculine energy. It's a, it is an interesting queering of, uh, of the male gaze. The male gaze. I mean, in, in that it's critical of it while also exploiting mm-hmm. the bodies in a way that is thematically relevant. It reminds
2: me of early Terrence Davies. In yeah, who I was going to say,
0: Long Day Closes, speaking of English repression three hours ago. There it is. That's there. So I want to... So this film... Was made in 1947, mm-hmm. which is the same year that Black Narcissus, mm-hmm. one of my very favorite films, Jacques Tourneur's Out of the Past, mm-hmm. Otto Preminger's Daisy Kenyon. I mean. I mean, I don't need mean to hold these films up as an example like of the boring films Hollywood was making. Quite the opposite. But these movies are drenched in that movie magic of the classical Hollywood cinema. And to know that something this transgressive was made in someone's bedroom yep. at the exact same time. And yeah. Is Anker from Los Angeles? Yeah, he's from Santa Monica. That's what I thought. So in the same city, no less. Mm-hmm. And he has such... I was saying to Ben before we got on if Kenneth Anger was straight it would have been like Fritz Lang with German expressionism as given a career in Hollywood Kenneth Anger would have been handed the keys to the kingdom this movie is such a potent um, calling card for lack
2: of a better way of saying it from from from, from the announcement it's a visual spectacle absolutely and it's such a what am I, it's just like it's bold as fuck he just makes the choice it it would There's feel it would still it. feel dangerous today. A film that I think draws heavily. Oh, good! I'm glad you're bringing this up. Heavily from fireworks is Eliza Hitman's Beach Rats. One of oh. one of the titular Beach Rats has the
0: same like mousy lives in a basement face as one of the sailors in this film, in a way that you see who she... And Like I was saying earlier, casting is so important. Mm-hmm. There should be a category, at the Oscars for casting. She got the doppelganger for one, yeah. uh, like in the second row of sailors and fireworks, and I, and there are numerous uh, bridges between the two, yeah. especially on the male body and and, and the,
2: the, the bodies of, are framed. The pack the same. of men, there but, are literally fireworks but, and beach rats, mm-hmm.
0: but she like cast the grandson probably yeah. a, of one of the guys, <laughs> and you know that's factually inaccurate, but they are doppelgangers. Right. I'm, I'm done. Keep you talking. see I'm, I'm, the I'm
2: sit back. It's it uh, it ends with the same sort of event as Fireworks does. Only we've been following the point of view of the sailors in Beach Rats. Yeah, it's a different like exploration of toxic masculinity, and it's a way that Fireworks could not because it's only fifteen minutes long. And I just that's very interesting. These movies are really both very close to my heart. So anytime someone doesn't like Beach Rats and they think it's bad for the gays that they haven't seen fireworks and that offends me.
0: I, yeah, I just don't have time for that for, for a myriad reasons. Mm-hmm. Chief among
1: it them. It hurts my ears.
0: It hurts my ears. The chief reason, which is different from the one that you just said, that I do not have time for it. some, I mean, you can like a movie or not like a movie for a lot of reasons, but if you try and say that Beach Rats is an active act, active act, I'm a fucking idiot, of, we all are, of homophobia, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have time for it. The movie is about internalized homophobia. And you are erasing the lives of men who are still struggling to figure themselves out. And the film holds him to
1: account as well. I mean, yeah. he violently... Um, the men who are still in phase one. Correct. Stage one. Denial. <laughs> Any closing denial. thoughts?
2: I love queer cinema. Same. I tried to watch, and I will continue... As the month continues for another week, I'm going to keep trying to watch more gay movies that I haven't seen before. And it's been a really rewarding experience. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I um, I wish I'd had more time this past week because I would have rewatched all of these films and I might have even watched a couple more and said, hey, can we talk about this?
2: Yeah, like I watched Female Trouble for the first time. Yeah, I need to see that. I watch A Beautiful Thing. Is it A Beautiful Thing? Mm-hmm. Beautiful something? Beautiful thing. It's a beautiful Thing. For the first time, beautiful something is another gay film. Yeah, m- Just recent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: Played it out fest, Los yeah. Angeles.
2: Um, what else did I watch recently? Scorpio Rising for the first time. I've seen mm-hmm. fireworks. A By lot, the way,
0: fireworks they're... also came out the same year as Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. That would have mm-hmm. been a
2: much better example. Oh, gosh. Yes.
1: Yeah. Did you have you guys seen um, Pink Narcissus? No, but I have it on a hard drive, and I keep meaning to. That's worth a view. Yeah, that's very Kenneth Anger. That was on my list Esk. of like. More queer movies to watch this month. It's like seventy oh, minutes.
2: Yeah,
0: that um, that uh, fun regional tidbit I dropped on some recent episode about the Vista Theater in Los Angeles being on the side of Babylon. Mm-hmm. This is something I know predominantly from Kenneth Anger's Hollywood Babylon. Now that, not that he's saying you're going to see Hereditary fifty years from now, but the basically the if you haven't read it, you really should. But the prologue for Hol- his book Hollywood Babylon, which is sort of a salacious collection of um of secret hollywood stories like gossip essentially Mm -hmm. about hollywood stars but it opens with a story about the construction of that babylon in hollywood and then how it just kind of sat there for a long time Mm -hmm. and and he like pulls meaning from it to illustrate the um sordid shallow surfaces
2: of Hollywood. Of Los Angeles in general. Of the Grove. Exactly.
1: Mm, The Grove. Anyway,
0: I cannot tell you the pride that I have in my heart. Hashtag pride. When I say that this has been another episode of Movies IMO. You can follow us on Twitter at Movies IMO. And my name's Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. And I was having a thought today, which is that of all the things that we have done on this silly show of ours, what I am most proud of, of what we've achieved here, thing that makes me most proud about this podcast is that Neil Patrick Harris would fucking hate it.
2: He would. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
1: And I'm spilling that on the pride episode. Nice. Nice um my name is brandon kirby you can find me on twitter at bk kirby and can we give our listeners another fun assignment of course teacher tell us mrs kirby what's your favorite queer movie
0: yes put it in your itunes review or just tweet it at us tweet
1: it at us put it in your five-star itunes review of us just let us know. We want to know. Yeah. Or if
0: you see us at, at,
1: at pavilions or something, just if
0: you see us at the creep Grove. up very, very slowly behind us and say, the imitation game. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and then, then, we'll and then we'll we will turn back
2: around and say, give me your phone. And then we are going to unsubscribe. <laughs> unsubscribe. Um, my name is Ben Empey. You can find me on Twitter at realtonhaines. Haynes. Um, we got a very special gift to this. Yes. Week that I think we'll close out the episode with instead of our usual Jane Fonda. I'll just put this at the end of the episode. We got from friend of the podcast, friend of mine via the internet, Cecil Price Walden who in my head and I'm sure that he'll appreciate this. I always I
0: always see Cyril in my head. Oh, that's so cute. And so it's sort of the best compliment you can give a
2: person. <laughs> no, he's an avid listener even though we He coined
0: what I was going to say earlier, he coined the phrase empathy IMO. Oh. He I did? Remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love he that. He said have y'all ever considered
2: rebranding yourselves that's to right. empathy IMO. That's right. He did. And he really, we, we really tried his patience with our "Lean on Pete" episode. Um, <laughs> that is So we true. thank you for continuing to listen. Anyway, a few weeks ago, I said we want you to send us a theme song, and he sent us a theme song.
0: And that is thank you so much. That is so special, it's really. And I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. Wonderful too.
2: use. I was going to say a wonderful use of your time but that's not what I mean it's uh we thank you for giving us your time is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And
0: now we are excited
2: to share it with
0: our Everyone, listeners. Thank you. Good thank night. you so much. Okay, shut up. <laughs>